1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy.
0: That's what the poster said?
1: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? No. Nope.
2: Because
0: I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now.
2: What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. Yes.
1: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. Welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, the What podcast, where we are elevating the voice of women in basketball. I'm Tara.
0: And I'm Cassidy. We've got a great show for you today. We are joined by Amanda Smith, broadcast assistant to, for the Utah Jazz. She is also a radio analyst for Utah Utes women's basketball and the host of How She Did It podcast. Welcome to the show, Amanda.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited that you you asked me to be a part of this.
0: We're excited to have you. We usually get things started with a little bit of an icebreaker today. And this one has been an especially tough question for me. But the question (laughs) is, if you could watch any two players from any era play in a one-on-one battle, who would it be
2: and why? Okay, I have decided. I'll go my why first, being in Utah. And comparisons of games, I would like to see a current Donovan Mitchell against a D-Wade in his prime. Oh, that's interesting. People often compare, um, you know, their style of game and and say that Donovan reminds them of a young D-Wade. So I'd like to see them one-on-one against each other. That's a great way to do it. I love it. Thank you. I think I might have cheated a little bit, but it's okay. I
1: don't don't think there's no cheating in our icebreakers. No cheating in icebreakers.
2: (laughs) Oh, okay. Great. I love it.
1: (laughs) I'm just excited that I found somebody who likes icebreakers as much as me because every time I try to do an icebreaker in my meetings at work, everybody looks at me like, no.
2: (laughs) No, do another one. I'm ready. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) How about you, Cassidy?
0: Okay, I am unbelievably torn on this answer, but I'm going to go with my gut in this moment, and I'm going to say an Arvidas Sabonis and his prime versus a Shaquille O'Neal. Whoa. I want to see it one-on-one, and I want to see, like, prime condition of both of them, but with the knowledge of their history still.
2: Wow. That's what I'm talking about. In the prime. I like yeah. how you also added that. <laughs> yeah.
0: In the prime, but with Current knowledge. So you're
1: talking about Arvidas before oh. he got to Portland. Basically, yeah. Yeah, like 25-year-old Arvidas or 24-year-old yeah. Arvidas. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. We can't even go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> 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 well, <okay. laughs> uh, that I like that. And um, I was also super-duper torn. So because you said Shaq, because one of mine is I wanted – Shaq versus Charles Barkley but like from last week. You know. <laughs> like I want them in their current condition <laughs> to go up against each other. I think that would be really fun. But the other one I'm going to cheat and going to and going to give to the other one that I'd love to watch one on one because it's happened before is Robin versus Brooke Lopez. Because uh, oh. I was listening to like last week on the Woj pod, he had uh, this trainer Rob McClanagan on and he had some stories about some of the training that he was doing around the time that like all those guys were entering the league. And apparently Robin and Brooke would like throw things and get in big fights and like their older brother would have to come in and calm them down. <laughs> I was like, that
0: would be so fascinating. <laughs> I I would pay to watch that with a mascot on the sideline for Robin to just like lose it on
2: <laughs>
1: and like Mickey Mouse like how do you think he'd be like torn between whether or not he should love or like fight Mickey Mouse I have a feeling I wonder what he does when he's in Disneyland uh-huh. and the mascots come up to him okay that's for another. <laughs> so <time>. many questions <laughs> well good up on the icebreakers ladies
2: um, you know I almost picked Shaq versus Charles Barkley from a week ago, too. I really did think about that. <laughs> I really did. I was like, I'd like to see this now. I, I kind of want to You know, because they him... obviously, like, competed against each other and went head to head, but I was like, what about now?
0: <laughs> I don't know. TNT might make that happen for us.
2: <laughs> we can
0: hope. We can only hope.
1: I kind of want to <laughs> just watch them work it all out, you know? Just, like, <laughs> just, just finish it, you guys. Just figure it out. Just come back when you're done. <laughs> Well, Amanda, we're uh, uh, like I said, we are super happy to have you on the show today, and I'm wondering if you could introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how you got into basketball.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. So, hello, everyone. Once again, my name is Amanda Smith. <laughs> um, I guess, like, I don't remember not being around basketball, um, if that makes any sense. I played my entire life Um Long story short, I had three ACL surgeries in, in four years of high school. So that kind of um, changed the course of what I thought I was going to do. I thought I was going to go play college ball. Um, and But that's kind of how I got into the media side. So, yeah, I've been obsessed since I was, like, three.
1: Who, who <laughs> did you watch growing up?
2: Um, so I always joke, like, I just recently – met Lisa Leslie. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like growing up, I like had my Lisa Leslie Jersey and I read her book. Um, but I think when I was in high school, um, a huge influence for me was Candace Parker, mm-hmm. um, just because she's from Illinois and she went to Tennessee and I had this vision in my head that I was going to go to Tennessee. Um, and so she was a, a great influence, um, early on in, in my old hoopin days.
1: <laughs> and so instead of going into becoming a player, you decided to enter through the media. Um, so I'm going to guess that you studied that in college.
2: Yeah, I did. So I um, ended up doing like a dual major. I went to Ball State University in Indiana, um, good old Muncie, Indiana. And I did a dual major. So telecommunications and journalism had my emphasis on on sports uh, and just kind of fell in love with it. I was our sp- sports editor of my high school newspaper we didn't have like tv or broadcast or or anything like that um but david letterman went to ball state and and donated a ton of money to the facilities there so when i got there i was like oh my gosh should i try this (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's awesome so I think your passion is clear in the amount of hats you wear in your in your jobs that you do. So what do you do as a broadcast assistant for the Utah Jazz?
2: That's a great question because it is a bunch of different jobs and it also depends on the night. Um, so I'm very grateful I have to give a shout out to David Locke, my boss, um, for hiring me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, um, I would say my primary jobs are like pregame and postgame um audio reporting so you know going to shoot around or postgame press conference or pregame press conference whatever it may be um and getting sound that they can use on the radio broadcast uh a big part is producing so you know depending on the night maybe i'm in the studio cutting and, and what you hear on the air is something I've put together. Um, and then a huge part of the job is keeping running statistics throughout the game.
1: Awesome. Okay. How, pause. How do you do that? <laughs>
2: like, <laughs> What is that like? I mean, that's
1: like – that. that sounds huge.
2: You know, it's really funny because until you have done it, you think like, oh, that was a cool little – Little note, and and I'm sure maybe sometimes people do know, um, but you feel really good when you have been able to track something like a certain run or a certain player, um, you know that they have x amount of points or or whatever it, stat it may be, and you are able to like hand that to who's broadcasting on a sticky note, and they say it, and you're like, okay, yeah, that fit. It's like the most satisfying feeling.
1: Awesome. <laughs> I bet it is. I mean, like, how much of that? Like are you doing – do you do all of that research beforehand or are you also like doing it live while the game is happening? Like how do you multitask it's, that much?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's during the game. So you just oh. have like your piece of paper and I use a pen, you know. No pencils over here. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you just kind of keep keep the running stats throughout the game. It's like the run, maybe like you're tracking a certain player, Um I always ask, like, whatever crew I'm working with, if there's anything, like, specific they're looking out for, like, dunks, rebounds, whatever it may be. Um, So that way they can say, like, uh, Rudy Gobert had five dunks in the first eight minutes of the game. That would be incredible. (laughs) (laughs) As
1: long as they weren't playing the Blazers.
2: Yeah. Okay, yeah. As long as they weren't playing the Blazers, that, that can work for me. That's
1: fine. <laughs> so I'll can, let you have that. Can you think of like one or two that like were really satisfying that you were really proud of?
2: Um you know what? It was during yes, it was during the playoffs and I gave a note about James Harden um because It was, like, his worst start in, like, however many games. Like, he was, like, 0 for 15 or something crazy. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. Um, But I just remember that was, like, a big one. And I was, like, okay, yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh my God. You got to have so much confidence to do that in yourself because like I second guess myself so much. Like even when I turn in an article that I've written on Blazer's Edge and I've like labored over it and checked every stat like 10 times, as soon as I posted, I'm like, oh my God, I bet one of those was wrong. So kudos to you for like, you know, doing that in the moment and then just like handing it over. Yeah. That's
2: amazing. You know, and like, that's a big part of it too. When I first started doing that, um, I basically like kind of just taught myself in a way and, and watched the people around me. Cause I had never kept statistics. Um, and there are people who, who do far more in depth, um, than I can, but that was like a big thing is, is at first, you know, even with like a simple run, you go back and you add it up in your head and you're like, is this right? Is it right? Um, and eventually you just have to like trust that you've been paying attention to the game, you know what's going on and you just have to pass the note, you know? Mm -hmm. So you work with
1: David Locke. That's like, I mean, he's kind of a legend in, um, in broadcasting. I've listened to a lot of his podcasts and everything. Um, So, and you know, you've already thanked him. Like, it sounds like he's been an important mentor to you.
2: He um, pretty much gave me an opportunity to work in the NBA when I wasn't getting any other phone calls back. Uh, and so I, I feel a great appreciation for everything he's done for me. Um, in his podcast network, uh, actually is the network that picked up my show, um, that you, that you mentioned earlier. So yes, he is a, a phenomenal broadcaster and a great person. And I'm very, very thankful and lucky to, um, be able to work so closely with him.
1: Cassidy, why don't you go ahead and ask her the podcast question since she just
0: brought it up. Yeah, ask me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I'm wondering, you have your podcast, and can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. I guess a little over a year ago, I was just trying to figure out a way to get more reps. Um, I had no, like, full-time work. I was kind of traveling – covering high school basketball or or doing whatever little gigs I could do. Um, And I, I always have to give credit to Kristen Ledlow. She is a legend in my eyes uh, and one of the best people that I've been able to get to know and and has become a dear friend and mentor of mine. Um, But she kind of helped me turn this idea like into something, um, which was to, start a YouTube series, um, dedicated to celebrating women in sports. Uh, I knew that I wanted to do something that, you know, was going to get me more experience interviewing, um, other people, but I also wanted it to be meaningful, um, and, and have a purpose. And so, you know, to be able to combine the two, it's really turned into something I, I never anticipated. Um, and like, it's just been so cool to, To watch this show, you know, grow into something. And sometimes people are like, oh, I listened to that. Or even you, how you're like, I've listened to or watched a few shows. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) Like, are you serious? I'm just like, it blows my mind. And I feel very, very lucky for all the the women that agree to come on each week.
1: Yeah. Share some of the people who've come on. Because it's an incredibly impressive
2: list. Um. Well... I, oh, this is, maybe you could, since this is airing next week, my guest from this last week, um, is Doris Burke. Oh um, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, Doris, I've had Kristen Ludlow, Laura Rutledge, Sarah Spain, Mina Kimes, Cassidy Hubbard, Brooke Oldendam, shout out Blazers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I listened to that one you know, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I regained a pulse
0: after you said Brooke after all those names (laughs) I was like
2: okay you're like okay I'm back oh my gosh that's amazing (laughs) there are just so many fantastic women um who I who I didn't even get a chance to mention but anytime anyone agrees to to come on my show I'm like absolutely are you kidding 100% let's do it
1: Well, the final hat that we discussed at the very beginning was the your role as a radio analyst for the Utah Utes. So you want to tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, so I've honestly absolutely fallen in love with analysis. Um, I played the game of basketball my whole life and I feel like, you know, I've I've just been around it that you are able to, to watch and, and kind of break down what's happening. But analysis is something I never considered that I could broadcast and do if that makes sense like I don't know why but I had always just been a host or a sideline reporter um and the play-by-play voice for the Utah women's basketball team uh Mm -hmm. works with me um he keeps statistics for the TV broadcasters for the jazz and so You know, he was like, hey, if you want to come keep stats for me, like, that would be great. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Let me do that. So on the commercial breaks, (laughs) when he wasn't calling the game, I would just be sitting there, like, talking with him, kind of breaking down the game. And he's like, why don't you come on the broadcast with me? I was like, why don't I do that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so that was kind of one of those moments where someone you know, I was able to see something that maybe I wasn't, um, and gave me this amazing opportunity. And I've absolutely, like I said, fallen in love with the analysis part, um, and being able to, to watch and break down a game in real time. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Do you have a favorite part of doing broadcast?
2: I think getting to know the players and the coaches, um, in like understanding, why the game is so important to them. Uh, Just when you're around a team, you just get to know them and, and build relationships. And to me, that's like my favorite part and why I think I love storytelling so much is because, you know, maybe you realize like, oh yeah, she's great at making free throws. Well, she worked with her dad for however many years and he's been a great influence in her basketball career or whatever it may be. You know, you get to know what's important to someone and kind of how they got to where they are. I think that's my favorite part about this industry in general is, is building relationships and getting to know people.
0: So NBA season is just around the corner and we're wondering if you can give us a little bit of insight into this year with the Utah jazz. Are there any kind of storylines coming out of training camp or media day?
2: Well, I think that, One of the bigger storylines is that um, they made some serious off-season moves um, by bringing in Mike Conley and Boyan Bogdanovich uh, to their team. They had taken basically the same team last season to the playoffs that they had the year prior. And so when they didn't make it past the first round, I think as an organization, they were, were able to say, like, okay, we need to make a big change if we want to go farther in the postseason. Um, to me, that starts at the point guard position. Uh, and, and Ricky Rubio is a fan favorite um, and, and was a great player here, but he also had some not-so-great games. And I think in that number one spot, what you want is consistency. And so I'm really excited to see how Mike Conley um is able to fit in with this group and in the veteran presence that he brings uh, to the, to the team and to the game.
1: Who's the leader of the locker room?
2: That's a great question. I think that, you know, even though he is so young, um, Kyle Corver last season talked so highly of, of Donovan and, the mentality that he has towards the game. Um, I do have to say, like, I'm not usually in the the jazz locker room. (laughs) Um, So I can't say for certain, but I know that like, even though he's now a third year player, he's obviously, you know, the star, if not one of the stars Mm -hmm. um, now on the team. And so I think, also, as he's gotten older and maybe progressed in the league, um, that confidence you see it in his game, I'm sure it's come through in his voice as well.
1: Uh, who do they like consider their major rivals? do you, or like who do U- Utah Jazz fans consider the major rivals?
2: Ooh, fun question. I would say. I just feel like every time they play Portland, it's such an intense, like I'm really not to say that. Did you ask me that on purpose? <laughs>
1: Halfway through it. I realized where it was probably going to go.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like every time they play Portland, it's like so intense, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, and I think it's the whole Damon CJ dynamic, uh, and, and figuring out how to stop them on the, on the front lines. Um, I mean that's a duo that you just don't see on every team. And Dame loves playing also like Yeah. You know like, he
0: went to college there. So exactly. he's got that like pep in his step when he's on that court.
2: Yeah, and people here like are obsessed with him just from the, the mm-hmm. time that he spent at Weaver State. Um I was kinda joking earlier, I told Tara that I accidentally kicked him. In a, in a shoot around I went to go interview him And like swing my leg over And I like need him right in the shin And I was like Oh my gosh It's gonna come out That Dame can't play tonight Because he has a shin bruise Or something <laughs> <laughs> But he was like So nice and so cool But I was like I am so sorry
1: <laughs> Oh my god Yeah that would just Make your stomach Just like turn And turn and turn Well people in Portland were uh the year that donovan mitchell was drafted there there's been a rather vocal contingent of portland fans who for years were convinced that damon cj could not um you know could not exceed together like they could succeed but they couldn't exceed you know they like um because they they were too similar they weren't Big enough, and there was a group that was hoping that the Blazers would um, draft Donovan Mitchell, and like so, there's a lot of people in Portland walking around saying, you know, wishing, you know, for a while anyway, that Donovan Mitchell uh, was on our team, and mad because they didn't take him when he was there for the taking, and and all this stuff. Um, so, and it certainly sounds like Donovan Mitchell has turned into like a really key and fun part of the jazz. So, like, what are some of the things that, um, you know that uh that make him, you know, like kind of what you say, like you know, a potential leader or kind of like you know the sort of the fulcrum of the team right now, at least as it is, because like you have Rudy Gobert, but he seems like just sort of like a quiet just like, I'm just gonna sit, stand here and do <laughs> what you're asking me to do and do it very gracefully. <laughs> you know, so like like what's sort of the dynamic between those two and you know how do the fans react to the some of the different players?
2: I think that um, you know, not just on the basketball court, but from a community standpoint. Um, it says a lot about who Donovan Mitchell is, that anyone you meet in the city that has maybe run into him or has gone to a game or has, you know, had him sign something like everyone speaks so highly of him. And I think that that says a lot about who he is as a person. Um, And I think that you can feel how much he appreciates the game and just being able to play it at the highest level when he's on the court. Um, but I think some of these guys are hilarious. Like George Niang, Um, he like cracks me up. He wants to have like a broadcasting career. I think he went to like a few media camps this summer. Um, and he jumped on the mic at summer, the Salt Lake city summer league. And I was like, George, you should start your own podcast. Like you got me, got me rolling over here. But I think that, um, like as a team, I think what I love too about the NBA is like all the players roast each other on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) And so like you see them, you know, making fun of each other or or giving each other a hard time. And I think that goes to the, to the dynamic of what you have, um, and the comfortability that these guys have with each other. You know, I'm interested to see with the new additions, what it'll be like on the court for them. But, uh, you know, Rudy, uh, had, I saw a video of him that he had said, you know, someone had asked what it'll be like, you know, adjusting or, or with the new guys on the floor. And he was like, well, Boyan already, you know, threw up a lob for me. So that was a good sign." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, am yeah. very interested to see how this group, um, will do. And, and if they'll kind of be able to push, farther in the playoffs, which is, to me, the whole reason that they made the huge investment in the guys they brought in this offseason.
1: This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay.
0: Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down, we break down who will be cutting,
1: cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip.
0: Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4 2023 Void or prohibitive. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com.
1: Yeah, what do people say about what happened to them in the playoffs?
2: Um, I think that, you know, Dennis Lindsay even said that it just got to a point that for whatever reason, like they weren't able to excel and get to that next level for whatever reason it, it may be, um, in my opinion, you have to have someone that's consistent that can help you night in and night out. Um, it can't just be Donovan Mitchell, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think bringing in Mike Conley, um, and I know everyone's super excited about, boy on too but to me having Mike Conley on the floor mm-hmm. he just brings consistency which they didn't have at the point guard position last year
0: and you you got another pretty amazing addition if 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 Rip City doesn't say so uh, say it ourselves and that is Ed Davis yeah uh, fantastic all around we think uh uh are you guys excited for Ed Davis
2: Well, I think that he's a little smaller than Derek Favors, but I think that the whole point of having him on the team um, is to fill the role that that Favors played um, Mm -hmm. to be kind of a rebounding machine. So I know that that Tara had said that you guys love him in Portland. Love, love.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to understate how popular he was here in Portland. <laughs> and it's weird because, like, when he first got here, everyone was like, who? And then, <laughs> and then he just, like, you know, um, worked his way into our hearts. And it's really funny because, like, last bef- – before he left – uh, I was talking to my husband, and I was remarking to him that, like, Ed Davis is incredibly popular with, like, women <laughs> of a certain age. Um, you know, like, women in their 40s and 50s were just, like, at the forefront of just absolutely <laughs> loving Ed Davis. And I was asking my husband, I was like, why do you think, like, we're so crazy about Ed Davis? And my husband thinks about it, and he goes, well, he shows up, he does what he says he's going to do, and he doesn't argue. <laughs> He goes. It doesn't really surprise me at all that y'all love Ed Davis.
2: <laughs> you're like, wait, you're so right. <laughs>
1: exactly. And I was like, that makes perfect sense. But you you're know,
2: like, take some notes, husband. Yes, exactly.
1: Well, he was. He was a really, really strong and important locker room guy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Dame was really close to him, and during the uh, Zach Collins first year the two of them played alongside each other and, um, you know, Zach Collins, you know, played a lot as a rookie for Portland. Usually rookies don't play very much and he played a lot as a rookie and he played those minutes alongside Ed Davis. And I think it, you know, Terry Stotts trusted them in a combination and, you know, kind of used Ed Davis to sort of, um, jumpstart the development of, uh, of Zach Collins. And he just, he was just a rock in the locker room. um, you know what else,
0: Cassidy? I mean, it's just he's got some he's got some fun quirks about like just off the court quirks that I that I think that is really interesting to learn about him and how humble he is to like. I know like when they do Christmas, there's no presents at their Christmas. It's just about celebrating being with each other and the holiday. And I I he. They had the babies. I don't know. We've just experienced so much of Ed Davis. And I think Portland just fell in love with him as a person on top of as a player. And so I think any city is lucky to have him.
1: Yeah, you're in for a treat with Mr. Ed Davis. We had um, T-shirts made that said Fizz Ed. That was his uh Oh, my god. And so we <laughs> all had like property of Fizz Ed <laughs> uh, T-shirts. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a thing. Um, and people were shocked because, like, even before the uh, free agency started that season, you know, we had heard that Damian Lillard had said that he wanted them to, like, offer Ed Davis, you know, money to keep him here. And then, you know, right after the deadline, we learned that he was leaving to go to Brooklyn. And everyone – I mean, we were shocked because everybody was just sure that Ed Davis was going to be a blazer for life. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, he was offered, I guess, more money or a better opportunity in Brooklyn. And he left and we were all just pretty gutted. It took <laughs> – it. Uh, I think people are start, starting to finally come around to the fact that he's not coming back.
2: <laughs> like, you guys, it's going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be okay. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> I got to yeah. say when we learned that he was going to Utah, we were like,
2: oh, <laughs> That's why she asked me the rivalry I was like, you thought, oh, really? She's like, oh, you guys have that Davis now.
0: <laughs> you discovered our secret plan all along. I
2: got you. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense now why you asked me to be on this podcast. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, the Northwest Division has been so brutal for so long. I mean, it's almost kind of re- uh, like... What do you think of the Northwest? What do you both think of the Northwest division this year?
2: Gosh, I just think that the Western conference in general is so competitive, you know, like even with the Utah jazz, they made these huge off season moves. And then the Clippers go and do something like get Kawhi in PG 13. Like, you know, it's just, I'm so interested to see once the season gets going, um, you know how the warriors look how the nuggets look like what do you what do you think uh,
0: it's going to be uh, i think it's going to be really interesting especially between denver and portland and utah um but i think minnesota is going to be a fascinating team to watch uh just cuz they're basically all bla- ex-blazers now um
2: yeah, <laughs> to throw throwing that in there <laughs> uh
0: and then I don't know what's happening with Oklahoma City. That's like a to be continued in my mind. Like they're gonna need a few years. But I think it's just gonna be a crazy division. But I think just the Western Conference is insane this year. Just it's insanity. Um, so I'm excited for it though.
1: Well, I remember for the for a few years the there was in the Northwest Division the teams were so close and they finished So close, like within a couple of games between, you know, the first and the fifth in the league. And I feel like there's starting to get a little bit more separation, like the top three have gotten just that much better. So, I mean, you know we all are going to play each other four times from here until eternity. Like at least there's other teams that sometimes <laughs> we only have to play them three times, but no, it's like I feel like we're locked in this dance from here until the end of the world with the, <laughs> with people in the Northwest Division. So, while I think the top half of the Northwest Division has gotten harder, I think the bottom half is starting to pull away a little bit and be not as good, so we have a little bit of separation. Between, you know, with Oklahoma City and uh, Minnesota being not as high in, in terms, you know, as the other teams. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. who Who is Utah playing in the preseason?
2: Uh, their first preseason game is an Australian team. Uh, and then their second is against the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. But I know that their first regular season game is against OKC.
1: Right. So Portland plays Denver twice in the preseason and then on opening night. And we just played them seven times. So I'm I'm a little tired of Denver. (laughs) That's going to come through. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I guess I think it's the most... It's at least for a while it's been the most interesting division. I guess probably the division that has the Clippers and the Lakers in it now is probably the most interesting one. I don't know. On the first night of free agency, I was so excited when I was so excited when Kevin Durant went east. I was just like, "Yes." And then after that every other move was just like brutal, 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 brutal. It's like, brutal. "Welcome to the West Coast." <laughs> welcome to the West Coast. Welcome to the West Coast. I know. I was like, "Can't more people go east? Why not?" Yeah.
2: It was just like so crazy when the news broke that Paul George was going to the Clippers because I don't think anyone saw that coming. Like there was so much, I think, hype and and maybe questions around like where's Kawhi going to go? And so then, you know, he, they're like, okay, he's going to the Clippers. And then it's like woosh bomb of my life. And I was like, who hacked his Twitter? Like what's, <laughs> what's happening here?
1: Yeah, it, there was kind of this moment of, oh, this isn't real.
2: Right. Oh, I mean yeah. one of the one of my coworkers is a huge Clippers fan and there's this video of him like looking at his phone when you got like you get that little ESPN alert and he's like, No way. There's well like no. What? <laughs> is this happening? You know, I think like even Clippers fans were like, Is this too good to be true? Like nah, you all this happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's gonna be quite a... Re- it's gonna be s- It's going to be so interesting to see what happens. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for coming and joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. It's super fun hearing about all the different things that you do. Golly, never (laughs) a dull moment.
2: (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I have to ask you before I go, what do you think of Dame's latest diss track?
0: (laughs) I think it's spectacular. (laughs) Absolutely spectacular. It really cracks me up. Um and to put it out before 9 a.m. the day of training camp. Like what? Uh
2: all right, time to go practice.
0: Yeah, he's like, <laughs> okay, that was
1: it. Okay, cool. Like, uh I haven't had time to camp. listen because I have to go. Do I do I need to listen to Shaqs first? Yeah. I don't know.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I say I say go yeah. Shaq so that you know. Yeah.
1: You know the battle. Co-
2: yeah, you know the battle. Mm-hmm. Okay. good way to put it.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll go, I'll go, uh, watch them both. It's just one of those things, like, it doesn't surprise me. Like, Dame has just, like, he's so cool. Like, I can't, <laughs> like, like, he's just like the coolest person on earth, I think. And, like, in every way that you can be cool, you know, <laughs> like, just so chill. And he, that he would just do this so casually and that he would just react so deadpan. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Like, I, you know, I guess in Utah you had Damian Lord around there for a while like you said, you know, people remember his time at, at Weber State and I can see why like even though he was at like a small school, he was one player on one team, he still like made an impact. He's just that kind of person that just, like, wherever he goes, he makes an impact. And, like, you know, he's been given this huge stage to make an impact in Portland. But even when he was at Weber State, which is not nearly as big of a stage, he still made an impact. He's just, like, for the rest of his life, I think this kid, this guy is going to just make an impact wherever he goes.
2: He's amazing. He really is amazing. He was always so kind to me anytime that I interviewed him. Um, and not just me, but all of the other media around. Um And so I only have good things to say (laughs) about Dame and the Portland Trailblazers.
1: (laughs) Well, we're going to watch for you. So do you sit up in the, uh, like, during jazz games? Do you sit up at the table? Um,
2: It just depends on where I'm working that night. So, like, you guys can play a little Find Amanda.
1: Ooh. Like, where's Amanda? (laughs) Do you travel to all the games?
2: I don't, Uh I only do the home games. Uh Um, so maybe one day that's the dream. Yeah. (laughs) Um, heck yeah. So we'll see, you know, um, there's a Kate Scott who's a PAC 12 announcer. Um, she told me this proverb once, uh, and it's, I think it's an African proverb, but it's little by little one walks far. So little steps and, and we'll see where it takes me.
1: Yeah. Come on out here, visit Brooke, come see us and it'll be awesome.
2: Yeah, I need to go get that, like, those donuts that everyone talks about. There's so
0: many. <laughs> I can think of, like,
1: ten
2: oh, donuts okay. you go today. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, this is another day. <laughs> like, I'm going to go get donuts in the morning.
1: <laughs> There's, like, as many donuts as there are, like, brew pubs at this point. There's... <laughs> Everybody has their neighborhood donut shop, just like they have like their neighborhood brewery and their neighborhood grocery store. Like you also have your neighborhood donut shop and we all like have our own opinions (laughs) about which one is best. So, yes, you definitely need to come experience the donuts. Say hi to Brooke. Introduce yourself to us. And uh, but for now, before we go, do you want to tell people how they can find your work?
2: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Thank you. So um, you can follow me. uh, I post everything on twitter so my handle is underscore it's amanda smith super easy
1: right on so everybody go there find amanda and amanda again thank you so much for joining us tonight it's been really fun um We should probably go ahead and take us out of here. You can find me on Twitter at TCB Biggs. You can find the Hoops and Talks podcast at Hoops and Talks, or you can subscribe to the Blazers Edge podcast feed, and you will get the Blazers Edge podcast as well as the Hoops and Talks podcast. And Cassidy, do you want to take us out of here? But wait a
0: minute. We got an email. Oh, my gosh. Um, So we got an email this week from a listener, Blake. Thank you so much for emailing us. And this is what Blake had to say. I may be a dude, but I love your podcast. You both are great. I just listened to the pod before last where you had no guests and just talked hoops. I loved it. Great thoughts. Made me think about Blazer stuff. I also like the music. I liked your music ideas. I have a question for you both. What song was better, Rip City Rhapsody or Bust a Bucket? I'd like to hear your input. I also have a song to mention. It's With a Little Luck by Paul McCartney. That was the championship season. There, they were predicted to do nothing but won it all. They had all, they had and needed luck. Anyway, you are both great. Keep up the work. Great, work. good work. Thanks, Blake. Thank you, Blake. Oh, that's um, so awesome. Yay, email. Um, <laughs>
1: okay, so we had a question for us. Okay,
0: Rip City Rhapsody, or Bust a Bucket? Um, good thing for Blake, I watch those two videos frequently. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, uh, I have pros and cons for both, really. Okay. Uh, so I think my biggest pro for Bust a Bucket at the end is I love the silly string fight that they have with the Boys and Girls Clubs kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do love the song. I mean, I love them both. But... I think Rip City, Rhapsody City just, like, so perfectly encapsulates everything. And I love the little the interlude of uh, radio cuts and announcing that happens in the middle of that song. So I think I'm going to go with Rip City, Rhapsody. City. How about you?
1: Yeah, it was very hard. I had to go back and rewatch them again because um, I, I was sort of starting to get them conflated in my head. So I went back and watched Bust a Bucket. And I think for me, I think I like the song Bust a Bucket better, but I like the video for Rip City Rhapsody better because the Bust a Bucket is like, it's like this whole little story about this guy who gets like pulled out onto the court and he gets thrown in for Jerome Kersey and then he like gets to talk to the announcers after it's over and he's like a hero and everybody wants him to be on the team. And so I just love the fact that it's like a cute little story, Um, but I love the highlights in the Rip City Rhapsody. Video like they are some sweet highlights. They show Jerome a whole bunch. I love Jerome. They even show Petro draws and Petrovich is in it, so we should definitely tell Mario Hazonia to watch it. Um, oh, yeah. And there's like some sweet little um passes from Clyde. And yeah, oh, yeah. it's just like an awesome. I love the highlights on it. But yeah. I think song wise, I would have to go with Busta Bucket for just pure music that I like better. Awesome. But everybody should just go back and watch them. And I'm, I'm, like, thinking that I need to, like, go back and, like, memorize the lyrics to Bust a Bucket. It will take me forever because it's really long and there are a lot <laughs> of <laughs> lyrics. But it's so yeah. fun. And I, like, I feel like I would have a lot more credibility if I could just, like, do just a do couple it.
0: lines. <laughs> yeah. I'm also going to need Portland Bars to add those to the karaoke playlists. <gasps> uh, so Portland Bars, get on that. Uh, <laughs> That's my dream right there. Um, well, we should probably really take it out of here now. Um, remember, we love your emails, so give us an email at hoopsintalks at gmail.com. And you can find me at Cassidy Gemmet on Twitter. And go Blazers!